<laughs> Welcome to You Hate Movies, the podcast in which casual moviegoers, film lovers, and cinephiles argue about movies. Two dudes marooned in total isolation, struggling to survive and find their way home and into our movie-going hearts. Who did it better, Castaway or The Martian? Along the way, you're going to get spoilers from Star Wars, The Force Awakens, Looper, The Twelve Dates of Christmas, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, The Revenant, and Titanic. Ladies and gentlemen, Matt Hughes' first podcast setup, go. That's the pre-roll. <laughs> hey, everyone. Welcome to You Hate Movies. Um, remember how in past episodes we constantly compliment Tyler on his good ideas? <laughs> well, guess what? I like He's had another good idea, you guys. We're going to talk about two movies that we I th- have all seen and enjoy both of them, <laughs> and we're going to compare them in one of our great Versus episodes. Tyler, please explain your idea. <laughs> I got nothing wait, wait, else. Wait, wait, that wait. was really so, stressful. So Josh, Josh set up your setup of my setup. I have nothing left. <laughs> go, ahead, go ahead, Tyler. Set me up. <laughs> wait, let's see if we can also set up Patrick for the full quad vector. <laughs> Did you know? <laughs> now we don't have to say who's here. <laughs> hey, we're all here. Well, Hollywood. They're notorious for repeating the same the same concepts over and over. People love a good gag, and so Hollywood likes to repeat that gag. Yeah, if it works, man, keep doing over it. Over and over. So tonight we're going to discuss... Milk cash cow. We're going to discuss Robert Zemeckis' 2000 hit Castaway. And we're going to pit it against uh, Ridley Scott's 2015 hit, The Martian, yeah. in which two men... <laughs> Well, each each one has one man, Re- so there's not two men together. Yeah, <laughs> two men. Two men split between two movies. Are stranded all alone on a deserted island, planet, place, place, <laughs> where they are forced to make fire. They're forced to self-care their medical needs. Mm-hmm. They're forced to keep their own calendars, and they grow skinny. And old, and they grow beards and long hair. They have to find a way. In which they're forced to create some sort of ship to escape this isolation and return to a certain amount of fanfare and ticker tape celebration. See, how could I have done that? Tyler has notes on his phone. I was expected to go in and have all that information just cold. Well, Well, I came prepared. Those are his notes. You could have had a setup. I got nothing. I'm bad at this. I'm sorry. That's why I'm the ideas man. Everyone cast a vote in the comments on this episode if this is Matt's last episode. (laughs) 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 The the stakes are high. Oh, my God. We will 100% honor whatever the vote's (laughs) for. That's fine by me. I'll probably need to sleep a bit more. You'll have to come in as a different character. (laughs) Okay. I got some ideas. Uh, Now, remind me, was this... Tyler, did this come out of your head, or was this? Did you mind the archives of suggestions to get to this premise? Head, this is a head idea. This is all your this head. Is a head idea. Yeah. Oh, okay, because I thought maybe we could brag about the fact that we honored someone's request, but apparently not yet. Not yet. We will. We've, we've still got enough good ideas of our own. Have we? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think we might be pushing it. We've got some more great ideas we're sitting on. All right. How about this? Why don't we go around and do like really quick. Uh, you know, this is my take on Castaway and my experience with it, and then really quick, 
This is my take on The Martian, my experience with it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Matt, Castaway, go. I saw Castaway in theaters, and uh, it was 2000, you said? That's yeah. right. So I, was, I was 16, saw it in theaters, thought, man, that was a great movie. Um, Tom Hanks is just, what a guy. And uh, then I American seen American Treasure, right? American yeah. Treasure. Seen it a number of times on both DVD and Blu-ray. I'm married to a woman who hasn't seen it and will, has decided that she will never see it as a point what? of principle. That seems strange. It is. She says, I don't need to see that. I get it. He's, he's, he's lost. He gets back. There's a volleyball. She thinks she knows. <laughs> she I'm like, know. she don't. She doesn't know. That volleyball um, was a cultural icon. She doesn't that's know. That's right. Um, it was great. So, and with The Martian, I didn't see in theaters, uh, but saw it soon after was shocked that it got nominated for a comedy at the golden globes and won at the golden globes in 2015 um didn't really understand that but understood the gag this year from matt damon about it okay at the, at the golden globes uh, again at the golden globes right he's presenting a, a, a category at the golden globes yeah yeah right uh i i'd have I have no memory of whether i not whether or not i saw castaway in theaters but you've seen it. I've seen it. I saw well, it. We're wasting our time here I tonight. S- I saw it when it was a thing. So if I didn't see it in theaters, I saw it very shortly after it came out on video. But uh, I was part of that whole cultural wave, if you will. Get it? Because it's yeah, on the it island. Yeah. <laughs> I liked Castaway. I thought it was great. I remember thinking it was a lot of, a lot of fun, good, a, a good film back then. I still think it's a good film. I don't know what else. That is all to say about that. That's all you have to say. Yeah. <laughs> is it? Is Let's that get the last reference to both Tom Hanks and Robert Zemeckis? Is that right. the last Zemeckis live-action movie? No, man, he's oh, back in the live-action game. Come on, homie. Sorry, I guess <coughs> I hate movies. I uh, I saw The Martian in theaters because it was just <coughs> in 2015, and we're currently in 2017. I like The Martian. I thought it was great. It. Uh, it's a feel-good movie, and I felt good watching it. But I read the book as well, and I liked the book a lot more. But what's great about the Martian film is that it's really not that different from the book. It, it captures it fairly well. And I thought the book was fantastic. A fun. It's kind of like a... What's interesting about it is that it's, it's sci-fi, but it's like low, low fiction, high science. Like They put a lot of emphasis into the realism of the science. And it's pretty interesting what they do with it. And so I think that this reflected well in the film, but probably to its detriment because people didn't like all that science. They didn't like all the they science? They were tired of the science, yeah. Yeah. Did you in the movie or the in book? The f- in the movie, in yeah. The movie, people people came out of the back. movie and they're like, why all the science? And it's like, right. well, the, that's what the book is about. Yeah, you know, our friend uh, Peter, who hasn't been on the show in a while, but has been on the show many times, is a big fan of the science. It's cool science. And uh, he loves science, and he's an engineer, so you know that, that appeals to him as well. And he came out of the movie, I remember, saying, I guess I don't like science that much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he really likes science <laughs> at all. The film, in comparison to the book, has such little science. Well, I, I imagine. There's a lot more words in that book. <laughs> <laughs> a lot more room for science. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I feel like we've said the word science a lot already. Science! Yeah. Is it starting to sound weird to you guys? So uh, science. 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 Stop. Science. This gag is science. science. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you my One week off, guys. One week <laughs> off. 
Science. Uh, I think I saw Castaway in the theaters. I just remember when it came out, people hated it. The reviews I had, that people were bored with it because it was, it was kind of a long movie. And then I went and saw it and was confused because I thought it was really great. Yeah. And it's got the national treasure, Tom Hanks, and mm. the national treasure, Zemeckis, directing, <laughs> right? Yeah, just a just quick... thinking of Nicolas Cage. <laughs> yeah, when yeah. He, I was like, wait, Tom Hanks wasn't in National Treasure. That was Nick Cage. <laughs> yeah. What quick, are you doing? Nick Cage is looking for him. It's <laughs> yeah, he's an American treasure. He's this American. this yeah. has been bothering me ever since Matt said it that we didn't clarify. Yeah, please tell me where I'm wrong. So, you know, he did the he did Cat, uh, Polar Express, Beowulf, and A Christmas Carol all in a row. Yes. And then he was back to live action. He did Flight, The Walk, and Allied. Thank you. I, he did I, Flight? Yeah. I, I knew Denzel that he had done... Live action. I just couldn't remember which ones because it was there was a good span of years when he just did mocap and I've oh, come yeah. to kill your yes. monster. Two thousand four through two thousand nine. I didn't realize he did uh, flight. That's right. You said the walk. Mm-hmm. What's that? Where Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Oh, was that was, yeah, the walk. Oh the, yeah, where the he's the man, man on, on the wire. Man on wire. Yeah. Man on wire is a good documentary. I don't know why they tried to turn it into a movie. Because of the three D. Apparently, the three D was. All inspiring. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. I'm glad I saw that in 3D in theaters. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah. All right. Sorry, Patrick. Thanks. Thank you, Joshua, for making my path straight. Back to you, Patrick. So, Castaway was great when I saw it. And then uh, I saw The Martian last night for the first time because I didn't catch it in the theaters. This is like a pseudo first impression. Yeah. And then uh, it was, you know, I was excited because I like Ridley Scott most of the time. Right. Um. But I liked The Martian. I thought it was great. I didn't think it was over-scienced. I thought that's what made it interesting was the science. Anyway, I liked it. <laughs> great. All right, cool. You know, I didn't see Castaway <laughs> yeah, cool. uh, in a theater in 2000, but I have this very vivid memory of... Um, you guys want to hear something about my mom? Yeah, okay. Yeah. My mom's favorite actor of all time is Tom Hanks. Always has been, ever since we were... One of those worst choices. Small yeah. children, yeah. She just loves Good Tom for Hanks. Sandy. Wants to see anything Tom Hanks is in, is inclined to like a movie if it has Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. So she and my dad go to see this movie. They're like, oh, new Tom Hanks. I got to go take your mom to see it. And then they came back. This is in 2000, and I remember um, them both being disappointed. My dad always had really weird reviews of movies, you know, uh, but they were like... He's just on an island. <laughs> and like, <laughs> like yeah. yeah, that's about it. They're like, I In mean, summation, that's I mean, it. he's not talking barely. He's just on an island. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, where are the jokes? This is like right Come when on, they get him. home that night. And, and my dad's like, I mean, at the end, he gets off the island. But <laughs> spoiler <laughs> for, what for most of the movie, he's just on that island. And yeah. I was thinking. In my mind, the movie I was imagining is very different. You know, <laughs> I just imagine B-roll of him sitting Indian, you know, right. like a <laughs> on a small like cartoon island where it's just yeah. like the mound and the like one side. palm tree <laughs> yeah. with just fins of sharks going around. Well, like that's it for an hour. Drinking my ties, laying in a hammock. So then it comes to sure. DVD much later, and I saw it uh, at one of those like blockbuster video sales where it's like they sell their overstock for right. a, a dollar. I remember blockbuster. You remember Blockbuster? Yeah, I remember specifically this those might have been Hollywood sales. video. I don't know. Oh, oh, I had a, I had an overdue uh, charge at, at Hollywood video, but then they went out of business. Do, so you, do you dodged that bullet. <laughs> <laughs> they went out of business, so I don't know. 
I, I imagine that charge. Cloud, man. No, that's yeah. that's following you. It's affecting is your it, credit score right like, now. It's on that's, my credit report. That's why you can't buy a house. That Hollywood uh, video. I had a friend. You want to know what was late? Oh yeah, of course. I I opened <laughs> this account with a friend of mine, and uh, this friend r- apparently rented that film Tristan and his old, <laughs> and, re- and returned it late. Tristan and what? Tristan, Tristan and his old. It's like a romantic comedy oh, or something uh, i don't even know if it's a comedy I mean, I haven't based seen on it. like a shakespeare play it's, it's shakespearean-esque yeah and uh i went in and uh and the guy said you owe money on tristan and his old i said i haven't seen that he's like what do you mean you turn it in late i said oh that must be the other name on the account he's like oh well then you don't pay that we'll wait till they pay it oh, oh wow. he was on your side and that was the last time i ever was in a hollywood video <laughs> uh, i found a copy a vhs copy of grumpy old man at my friend's house in the early 90s That's or whenever it came out. Movie. And uh, it was in the, you know, the clamshell case you used yep. to get from the video store. I said, dude, how long have you had grumpy old men? He said, years. And you know what? <laughs> They're never getting it back. <laughs> He's like, it's the principle of the thing. He had been uh, personally offended by someone at the video store. So his retribution... And he he was playing dumb. They'd like call him and he'd be like, I've never been in your video store. (laughs) (laughs) I love Grumpy Old Men. Someone said our high school student at the time. I love love that he chose to make a stand over a Walter Matthau. Matthau. He was being a grumpy young man. He was perfect. He rests in peace. So anyway. Your friend? Oh, Walter Matthau. Walter Matthau. And Jack Lemmon. Yeah. (laughs) My friend, as far as I know, is still alive. I haven't spoken to him in years. Um, oh I'm, at, I'm at uh, Hollywood Video or Blockbuster or whatever, and I see a copy of Castaway for a buck on DVD. And I thought, well, I'd rent it for that much, so I may as well own it for that much. Mm-hmm. So I take it home and watch it, and I got to tell you, I was really moved by Castaway the first time. I thought, what were they talking about? This is fascinating. Uh, who doesn't? I- any audience member sits down, and they immediately start thinking, oh, what would I do? And that's what you're watching unfold. Yeah. On the, uh, you know, the right. But your mom was going in with, he is going to dance on a keyboard. <laughs> sure. And he's going to sure. get bunk he's beds. He's dying of AIDS. And <laughs> he's going to run back. He's going to run back and forth across the island. He's going to yeah. fight a volcano. <laughs> he's going to fight a volcano. Meg Ryan is going to show up. <laughs> he's going to be on the Empire State <laughs> voting in the end. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah, he's going to blow on his fingers before he types an email. This will be brilliant. So anyway, I like it she a lot. Was disappointed. I've watched it a ton. I own it. N- not just that time. I bought it again on Blu-ray. That's yeah, good. Wow, yeah, you really VHS, own it. It was two cassettes. Because it was that long? Because it was big, yeah. Oh. I remember VHS. Yeah, you remember VHS? <laughs> yeah. Man, yeah. I didn't even think about the fact that it's also a, a long movie. Now I yeah, see. it's two hours and 20-something minutes. It, see, that was long then. Now yeah. that's kind of standard. That's kind of, yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. the Martian was, something like that. Yeah, yeah. like back in the back in the those heady days of the early two thousands, well, well, two and a half hours was almost <coughs> unheard of. I think what's interesting about the uh, the reason Castaway feels long is because of the the unique and risky choices that uh, Zemeckis took creating it. Yeah, it goes Wally for a while. There. <clears throat> yeah, where it's just you. And this is what I think a lot of the criticism of why either people loved or hated Castaway is that you're following one man for a, po- a the majority of the film walk around silently. Yeah, that's why I meant trying to survive. Pulled a Wally, oh, even I though see. it came yeah. first. Right. You're no with a character <clears throat> in isolation and silence for yes. a long time. Right. Okay. There's and no dialogue from. And what's even he. 
Zemeckis took it even further. He says, we're going to follow around Tom Hanks in absolute silence. All you hear is the crashing of waves and the falling of coconuts from trees. But there's going to be zero score. No score until he's leaving the island. Yeah. So it probably felt drier and slower and longer to a lot of people than they were used to because of those intentional steps. And I, I thought it was a, a great really really smart move on Zemeckis' part but I think he scared a lot of people they felt uncomfortable well apparently yeah at least my I know at least two people (laughs) and then you know uh, to Matt this is probably a Christmas movie (laughs) (laughs) right because before he gets on that FedEx plane he's in Russia it's snowing no they share a Christmas dinner together before he leaves he gives her a Christmas present and that's an important scene in the movie and you said if one important scene happens at Christmas (laughs) it's Oh yeah, because you w- do you watch this every Christmas with your family. When five minutes of the film <laughs> happened during Christmas, it must be a Christmas movie. Oh, shove it up your butt! Get out of here! Come on now. Uh, I've been wa- that was my one big contribution to this episode. <laughs> it's not bookended by Christmas. <laughs> so anyway, I liked it a lot. The Martian comes along, and I didn't make it to see it uh, until I had already heard a lot of people going on about how good it was. I don't know if you guys remember a couple of years ago. Uh, people liked it. There was a lot people of hype. Yeah. People really liked people it. People really liked it. I think I that uh, I think there was probably writing off of the success of the book because the book had only just recently hit the New York Times bestseller list. And so people were still freaking out about how great the book was, which it's a, it is a great book. And what's so great about the book? <laughs> I feel like knowing about the book. What's so great about the book is that Andy Weir is just some guy who was sitting at home and decided to write a sci-fi novel. And then released it on Reddit or something, and then it just exploded. The internet's a powerful place. That's how I hope he had backup copies. <laughs> right. <laughs> it ended Funny. up publishing it. It hit bestseller because everyone loved it, and it's a really compelling story. And so they threw it into a quick turnaround to, as a film. So it was probably just still riding high off of all that hype, and people said, yeah, let's go see it. Yeah, it's one of those rare occasions where uh, the uh, uh, best-selling book reached the sort of popular status that it wasn't at all unusual to find someone who had read this thing, even amongst people who aren't normally readers of fiction or something. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, right. it's like it became a grocery store paperback. It was like a Da Vinci Code status. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. So it's on the shelf at all airports and exactly. Starbucks. And you'll see people around with it or whatever. Yeah. I don't think Christians lost their mind over the Martian as much as they did for the Da Vinci Code. Mm. Right, they weren't as upset. There were no protests <laughs> over the Martian. <laughs> I, I didn't see any, so I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so I go and see the thing uh, just because, hey, it's a movie that people like or whatever. And I was entertained for sure. But uh, to be perfectly honest, I left being like, who, what, this? Yeah, yeah I don't think why it deserved the hype that it got. Why are we so excited about this thing? And I was so confused why Ridley Scott needed to direct this movie. <laughs> now, like, I have a theory about that. We, we've done an episode on You Hate Movies about uh, Prometheus versus Alien. It's a great episode. Go back and, and uh, yeah, it's Buy a, a t-shirt, fun. blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> All that <laughs> crap. <laughs> it's a fun episode. And I feel like the only thing of any value in Prometheus is how amazing it looks. In particular, the, 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 uh, the, like the <laughs> if you will, the Martian <laughs> landscapes that it, it it creates. I think that it was Prometheus that opens with these long, slow panning shots of these alien planets, and it looks so cool. 
Yes. Yeah. So cool. That's a Ridley Scott thing. Yeah, it's a Ridley Scott thing. And it, so they well, said, they said, who better to create a a film on an alien planet than Ridley Scott, who obviously knows how to do it well, and that is why The Martian is full of almost identical shots. It's just these long, slow panning shots from way up in the air, aerial shots of like the hub slowly driving through this barren landscape. And you think, these are amazing shots. They look really, really cool. That must be why they hired Ridley Scott. But one... There we go. But Well, I'm just, I just want to understand... Yes, I understand that the the director is the one that like is like, hey, what if we did this shot, but the actual set design itself was not done by Ridley Scott, and then the actual placing of the camera was surely done by his director of photography. You're saying well, I'm, yeah. t- I'm giving too much credit to Ridley? I think maybe you're giving a little bit too much credit no, to Ridley Scott. No, that's not. That's not. I mean, in in a lest we lean too far into alter theory, uh, a really competent. Uh, talented director is basically the arbiter of those things, regardless of how talented the pe- the underlings sure. are, right? So, the director of photography is like a mo- awesome and amazing, but it's the director's job to be like, I want it to look like this. No, that's not yeah. how I want it to look. And the DP you, is yeah. the one that captures it, right? The, everyone else is in, you know, when things work well or when the director's talented, they're all subservient to the director's vision. It's his job to capture what's in his head using other people's talents and abilities, right? Now. We got it stands to reason that there's ton of times where there are people way more talented than the director and they're probably to thank for things looking as good as they do. Yeah. Or, or maybe it's like a perfect storm. Especially in these yeah. instances where so much of that, it, it wasn't shot in camera. It was on a, a green screen well, and made in a computer. Sure, but what I was getting at is that Ridley Scott has enough of a track record by now, per, you know, even with Prometheus being just a flaming dog turd. Yes. Uh, a good-looking flaming A good-looking yeah, right. flaming nice, dog turd. turd nice. Ridley yeah. Scott obviously knows what he's turd. doing as a director. He's enough of competent course. and some like uh, amazingly fantastic movies that, you know, I mean, this is the guy that's responsible for, like, Blade Runner. And yeah, I mean, those movies are. <coughs> but, what I, but what I'm saying is, like, I, I think this is just my lack of complete understanding, is, like, Blade Runner and Alien... Mm-hmm. which are Ridley Scott's best movies, were shot with practical effects in camera. Sure. Prometheus and The Martian were a green screen. Well, so we don't like, know. I, I don't know how much <laughs> of it was either. Right. They, they filmed a large portion of that out in the desert. Somewhere. Oh, okay, so like, like Mojave, in Utah or whatever. I'm sure Prometheus, they post. put like a camera on a drone and shot some shots of Iceland or something like that. Yeah, and the oh, thing like, true. if you watch the special features for Alien, which are great, uh, the crew and everybody goes on and on about how they didn't understand what he was doing, but then in hindsight realized he was putting all the effort into details of filming the environments and the landscapes yep. to enhance the story. And you couldn't tell that till afterwards. So like, that's kind of his deal is to like sure. focus on the big picture to make the story pop out. That's so what a director does. Ridley well. Scott gets this script on his desk or right. whatever, and he's got to be thinking, I guess because it's in space they're giving this to right. me. Because the the movie, I know everyone made a, a you know you know were fanning their the air in front of their faces like someone farted over the whole. It got nominated for best comedy like it was the stupidest thing in the world. It's a pretty comedic movie, you know what I'm saying? That's not the most ridiculous notion in the world. It may not be a a full on proper comedy, but it's pretty goofy. You had to put it, it in is. some category. 
<laughs> yeah, what's interesting about The Martian is that it's got a long string of comedic relief, so much so that you almost don't know how to feel about the film. It's <clears throat> while while the 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 problem of the film is that Mark Watney is stranded on Mars and at no point do you really feel the gravity of his isolation and the desperation of his like need to survive. It's it it's all fairly lighthearted. Yeah. Seemed like it's, he was having a good time. Yeah, yeah, it's a feel good film. Even being trapped on Mars, he's going on and on about how bad disco is. And so it is you, pretty bad. you don't really know how to feel because there's so much comedic relief. And I almost I almost understand why the Golden Globes identified it as a comedy because it, it doesn't go to the depths of emotion that Castaway does, yeah, for sure. It, oh, yeah. It's not. It's certainly more comedic than it is dramatic, that's for sure. Yeah. By the time you get to the conclusion of the third act and they're trying to make you feel all this desperate, what you're feeling for Mark Watney has way more to do with the satisfaction of seeing him solve problems. Yeah. Right. And that is satisfying, and Castaway relies on that to a certain extent. But... Um, Zemeckis goes way more to the like brink of insanity with with Tom Hanks and to the isolation yeah. to what it means to like lose your entire life in m- more than one way mm-hmm. and then come back to a world that makes no sense to you you know the, the Steve Rogers syndrome <laughs> yeah. yeah I've a, I've a wept over a volleyball because yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> like, isn't I, it? I, yeah. That's the incredible when power <laughs> of Castaway. Yeah. I didn't even realize that it happened the first time I watched it because I yeah. felt such, you know, like like any most audience members felt like this in, intense emotional reaction to the loss of Wilson, and then uh, this, like the second or third time I watched it, I thought, wait a minute, he's getting me to feel. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. even now talking about felt. it, I'm like, and then the only thing that's even close to comparable in. The Martian is when the hab blows up and all the potatoes go outside. And I was like, all right. Uh, I don't know that that's true. Like, well, that's annoying. The, yeah. The Martian, oh, man, your poop potatoes are gone. <laughs> I don't I don't agree with that completely because the Martian has a couple couple moments of emotion, but they're they're very quick. Uh, there's one moment. Uh, well, the, the moments they center around the idea of Mark Watney lost uh, wanting to know that people are trying to help him, and then when he has that connection, or he has that moment of of um, escape, the, there's one where he's in the hub, the rover. Um, not the hub. The hub is the habitat. The, the rover. He's in the rover, and he finally is communicating with NASA. He has a, like a, he has an emotional response, and it's great because he finally is like understanding he's not alone anymore. Which is which is a significant like experience to be completely isolated, the only person on an entire planet, light years away from the rest of humanity. It's not light years away. It's gotta Whatever. be gotta be rough. Significantly yeah, far, closer than a light years. Dis- a really oh, sorry, Mister <laughs> Mister Neil deGrasse Tyson. We're just <laughs> trying to talk. The difference is with Mark is that he held himself together so well. Because of yeah. the comedic relief. Yeah. The well, emotional moments he had is like, oh, he's being real yeah. now. And then you feel a little more because of it. And then right. Castaway, he goes, like Josh said, to the just insanity level. And then the emotional moments is when he starts to come back to his humanity sense. You, yeah. You feel yeah. it with him. So it's like a completely different journey. Yeah, that's true. Mark, uh, Mark Watney was an astronaut. And so when he realizes he's stranded on this planet, it, 
he's mentally prepared for it. Right. He's been uh, trained for that. Right. To an but, but that emotional moment when he is harnessed or he's in, in his chair, harnessed up waiting to be launched off of Mars. He gets, he kind of breaks down a little bit when he's talking to his friends again. Yeah, and it's thanks like, for coming back. For I me, get it. Yeah. yeah. Like he feels that moment of love and compassion and, and yeah. yeah, that that's, that's significant, but I don't think that Ridley Scott goes as, nearly as deep into those emotions than Zemeckis does. Well, and also Mark Watney is in many ways more passive in his rescue than Tom Hanks is. Like, uh, um, do you see yeah. what I'm saying? Like Mark Watney is, he does a lot. He, though, he does a lot, su- su- but he's, he's waiting life. to sustain his life. And then someone, ha- he, but he has to wait for a rescuer. Well, whereas Tom <laughs> Hanks, does a lot to sustain his life and then goes out in search of a rescuer. Well, I, I, I don't know. I think that these actually mirror each other pretty similarly if you look at it this way. With, uh, with Mark Watney, the whole thing, Andy Weir, the original writer of the novel, wrote this story so he could, he could, uh, he could take uh, an astronaut on this journey of having to rig science in a way that it wasn't meant to be rigged in order for survival. So it's Mark Watney creating these situations where he can continue to live and exist and then eventually escape. So it's Mark Watney building things, these, these, if if you will, life rafts in order to survive and then eventually escape in which he rendezvous with a bigger ship to go home. Sure. And it's the same instance with Tom Hanks on that island where he builds a, an actual raft right. of timber, escapes from isolation off of this island or off of the planet like Mark Watney, and he rendezvous with a bigger ship. But the difference is Watney knew in advance the bigger ship was there and the bigger ship was coming for Watney. Tom Hanks went out with the last sliver of hope left in yeah. his soul. That's true. Like dreaming that he could be rescued, but really probably just saying, okay, it's time for me to die. Yeah. I think that what you're saying is probably the biggest difference between them is that Tom Hanks experienced absolute isolation while Mark Watney had communication with people. Right. People knew where he was. They just couldn't get to him. Yeah. Tom Hanks was absolutely alone. Nobody knew where he was. They had a and funeral. If they, if they had, they could yeah. have got to him. Yeah. Right. Mark Watney has continued dialogue through ev- like 629 yeah. souls, and Tom Hanks doesn't even have a monologue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but they both had funerals. You're right. That's another parallel is that they yeah. both had funerals in which they buried an empty, em- empty casket. Yeah. There's something that I, f- I feel is different about the stakes in the way that we are meant to connect to either character Mark Watney, like I was saying a second ago, is entertaining to watch because it's entertaining to watch him solve problems mm-hmm. because for the vast majority of the movie-going audience, he represents a, a wealth of knowledge that we don't have. So it's fun to see it like basically broken down to an, a, a comprehensible level, level for the average Joe and be like, neat, he figured out how to make potatoes. It sure sounds believable to me. That's really fascinating. The, the novel was praised for its realism. Yeah. Science. So it's like a, it's it in and of itself is entertaining because right. it's like I don't know what it's like to be like that. It sure is neat to watch him figure things out. Yeah, poop potatoes. Um, and and Tom Hanks on the other hand is a different sort of bridge character. We're meant to connect to him because he's not like Mark Watney. He's like us. He doesn't know how you know like that you can't. Uh, no, he's an everyman. Open a coconut 
as easily as you can right. in a cartoon. And he had to discover these things for himself. He does all the same yeah. things that we would run to. In fact, m- when I watched the movie the first couple times, I found myself feeling like, oh, he should try this. And then he would go and try that thing and it would fail for some reason. Making a fire is harder than it looks, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- so it's satisfying to watch that because... That's you another parallel that both struggle to make fire. And then you yeah. You're the wanting him to solve those problems, and he's doing them in a way that the average Joe might try, <laughs> and yet it's unsuccessful. <laughs> so it's a bit more, um, I think, uh, there's a, a little more of a personal resonance with the ca- character of Chuck because you're like, yeah, that's that's probably what it might be like yes. for me. Uh, yeah. Where there's there's no personal resonance with Mark Watney. He's an entertaining. He's a he's really a a, a Mary Sue. You know, the, all the criticism about the character of Ray and Star Wars that she's the this pejorative title they give to female characters that can basically do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a whole backlash that Ray is a Mary Sue. It's like she's just good at every freaking thing, and it's not right. realistic. Uh, and Daisy Ridley was deeply offended because she, you know, had played this character to not a, a perfect character is boring. A flawed character is interesting. So as an actress, she felt like she had failed, uh, and she didn't think that, that was a fair critique. But I feel like Mark Watney is, in a sense, a bit like a, a Mary Sue. And it's not necessarily to the movie's discredit. He's uh, it's entertaining. It's entertaining to watch him figure out thing after thing after thing, and then something goes wrong. Often not his fault, and sometimes just a slight oversight. And then he figures out a way to fix that, fix that, fix that. And you're right. like, oh, cool, entertaining, fun. Yeah. It's 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 almost as if with uh, Castaway, we're on the island with him because we're we're there, no training, no preparation. We're, we're stranded. Now we have to do the best we can with our situation. But with Mark Watney, we're watching an astronaut who does have training, who does have preparation, and and is up for the task of surviving. And it's almost interesting to us to see, oh, that's interesting how we figured that out. And but that with Castaway, it's on a, it's a lower level that we can relate to close, more closely. And with that, with, with Watney, that's even exacerbated by the daily video blogs yeah, that, we're, video that we're watching. Like that the vlogs are his Wilson. Right. The right. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the vlogs <laughs> set up even more of a spectator mindset for the audience you know like with tom hanks like you're just following around like quietly on an island and you hear the same sounds that he hears even with the fact that there's no score you're like okay like i'm on an island i'm not watching a movie about an island but with watney making those videos every day you're always reminded oh we're observing something we're outside looking you're back on at nasa with freaking harry dunn from dumb and dumber (laughs) yeah and Kristen wig man (laughs) 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 this movie had so many comedians names in it like why was donald glover in this and i I love him but why because donald Uh, glover should be in a lot more movies uh, sure but like why because it's a comedy man because it's a comedy (laughs) (laughs) when i first watched the martian i was so confused by the casting of harry dunn which is jeff jeff um Daniels. Daniels. Jeff Daniels. Not Bridges. Jeff Daniels. I was so confused by that casting because he's just a comedian. He's Harry Dunn in my mind. But since then, since the first time I watched it to now, I watched uh, his his Aaron Sorkin drama uh, newsroom. Yeah. And he's essentially the same the same guy. Oh, it's the NASA guy? Yeah. I had the criminal, ma- the criminal overlord from Looper in my head. Yep. <laughs> Remember the guy in the bathrobe? I forgot about oh, him. Oh, the, the dad from Arachnophobia? <laughs> right down Looper. Yeah, that's right. Spoiler alert, Jeff Daniels is in Looper. (laughs) (laughs) He's got a hammer on his desk. 
He's great in Looper. Looper's great. Yeah, Looper's great. Let's get down to the. Let's get down to the. Yeah, I want to change tattoo. this into an episode. Of Didn't we do an episode about Looper? <laughs> no. No. We oh, should we have. should. Let's get down to the nitty gritty here. Uh-huh. Do you think? I want to go back to Wilson before we get too far into the nitty gritty. Okay, let's just shallow nitty gritty then. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you That's think what were the, the conversations nit. about when they were like, "Hey, we need some good actors." Okay, I got a couple in mind. I bet they Ridley d- Scott was a sell. <laughs> they just did a space movie together. But That's hey, weird. Let's that do it again weird. and let's put him in the same role. Jessica yeah. Chastain and and Mark Wahlberg were like. Matt yeah, Damon. that's fine. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Matt Damon. Marky Mark. Do your impression of Mark. Say hi to your yeah. mother for me. Yeah. <laughs> hey, go. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. I'm doing an impression of Andy Samberg. Doing an impression. Doing an impression. Yeah. Right down yeah. SNL. That's why it's so. SNL as a whole. It's so meta. We've spoiled all 42 seasons with that one line. He was offended by that Andy Samberg impression. I know. Yeah, so much so that he had to come on the show so that he. We can all know he he didn't care. Yeah, yeah, he proved it to us. That no. was funny. Yeah. <laughs> so with Wilson, I think I found a transformer. Here's the brilliance of the uh, <laughs> Wilson, because you're thinking, uh, <laughs> you know, by the time he had developed an irrational attachment to Wilson, so has the audience, and and not in a ton of time because he spends what five isn't five years on the island four. or fr- four years elapses from. Um, That's a similar parallel. Um, Castaway is four years on the island. Uh, the Martian was supposed to be four years, but they managed to cut it down to what, like two ish, something like that. Well, not only that, also during that time, Tom Hanks in real life became, you know, <laughs> within an inch of emaciated for right. his role. <coughs> but and that's uh, another point where the Castaway Castaway gets that edge is because they yeah they Matt shut Damon down. hired the laziest body double <laughs> and the, the sorriest yeah, shooting. It was, like, yeah. it was like Cosby Show, you know, <laughs> when they're like covering <laughs> up the, or Seinfeld when they're covering up the pregnant stomach. So uh, you're not fooling yeah. anybody. Right. Yeah. They got a big sweater on and they're just standing <laughs> behind a pizza box. You're like, come on. Castaway hired a a overweight uh, Tom Hanks to f- to film the beginning of the mil- the film. And then they do their four years later, and they they stop production, right? So we could grow a beard and lose weight. I think they did it the other way around. He oh, he gained he, he gained, gained weight. weight and shaved the beard for the first half. No, I mean they they shot the late island stuff first, right? Oh, okay. So he had to get ready for shooting by losing a crap Which ton of weight, sense. growing out a beard, growing his hair out. They shot all that yeah. stuff, and then they took a break so he could fatten back up. Because all the time they're in pre-pro, he can be like dieting crazy and just not cutting his hair or shaving sense. his beard. Yeah. While uh, Matt Damon, they brought in a the body double to be skinny. Some meth head that was outside <laughs> the studio. <laughs> and they, would, <laughs> they would just cover his head with a towel or something <laughs> so you couldn't see his face. It was it, The way they shot it, too, didn't even, didn't even seem to make it try to look seamless. It was like... That ice skating scene in the 12 Dates of Christmas. <laughs> That's Stop. what you're going to reference right now? <laughs> no one has seen that except like us four and maybe <laughs> s- our, like our wives and four other people you're that we know. You're going to up 12 Dates of Christmas Are you freaking right kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> if, if you've seen 12 no Dates No one of has seen it. And you appreciate that reference, please leave Give it comment. its full title. It's ABC <laughs> Family's 12 Dates of Christmas. <laughs> Straight to TV. <laughs> It's like a different person, <laughs> couldn't be more obviously a different person, does all these ice skating, <laughs> ice capage tricks. Then she stands up and it's Amy Smart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like she stands up from like underneath the shot. Yeah. You're love, like, oh, well. I love that we have to say 12 Days of Christmas now for spoilers. <laughs> God, <laughs> really? Anyway, <laughs> that's how bad it was. And 
in uh, the mar. I, mean, I felt like kind of taken out of it for a second. Yeah, and I was bummed out because that's the thing now is like the actors and actresses put themselves through all this stuff to look a certain way. You know, I mean, it's, it's not like just the thing now; it's been the thing for. But a it, it is very much a thing now, right? You know, like Leonardo when DiCaprio DiCaprio was doing it, it was kind of crazy. It's yeah, like, oh, Tom Hanks is doing this now. Everybody does it, right? But come on, Matt Damon. You could look like a meth head if you Matt want. Matt Damon's to. like well, not for a comedy. <laughs> well, Matt, that's fair. Matt Damon already did it once because you got you got people that have who have famously done it, like yeah. Christian Bale did it for the Machinist, the Machinist, Machinist. which was just just excruciating yeah. to watch. Right. Sickly, yeah. But uh, Matt Damon did it for a movie called Cor- Courage Under Fire, and he had he had a scene that was only like a couple minutes when he was in the Gulf War. And that one, yeah, and he lost a ton of weight, which was really bad for his health. But he committed to that role for a small amount of screen time. Hey, man. And so maybe like, he just, he's like, I'm comments. not going to do it again. Yes. McConaughey did it for Dallas Buyers Club and won that Oscar. Maybe Matt Damon could have won more than just the Golden Globe if yeah, he skinnied maybe. up. Yeah, we could have bumped you up to <laughs> drama. <laughs> right. It could have been a real movie if you, you know, actually got skinny. What story I love is when Michael Sheen did it for Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And he's supposed to be that drugged out, that drugged out criminal. In the That's Charlie in Sheen. The yeah, Charlie Sheen. You said Martin Sheen. I didn't say Martin Sheen. You okay. actually said Michael Sheen for yeah. some Michael reason. Michael Sheen? Oh, man. <laughs> Wow, it was way off. <laughs> way off. That's not even Who's a Sheen. Michael Sheen. <laughs> I don't know. Is it that Charlie what are we Sheen? Doing here? Yeah, Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen did that for Ferris Bueller's Day Off, where he had to be a, a drugged out criminal in the in the jail, meeting Ferris Bueller's sister. Apparently, the rumor is he stayed up for like two days. Yeah. In order to show so he'd that. look all grody. Yeah, and he looked all messed beat up. up. His yeah. eyes were really red. It was some foreshadowing, I think. Of <laughs> so there's a lot of <laughs> actors out there <laughs> His real life. committed to the role, including Tom Hanks. <laughs> Tom Hanks did it for Castaway, but not Matt Damon for The Martian. And that reveal in Castaway uh, from the just excruciating scene? scene with the oh. tooth that cuts to the fish in the water oh, when the awesome. spear hits it. Yeah. And right. the camera moves up and we see this, you know, years later... A different and entirely capable. Now he has become, with enough time, Mark Watney, where he can spear a fish from yards away, eats it raw, and he's yeah. like lithe and fit. Uh, yeah. I think the castaway is really smart with the subtleties, uh, with stuff like that, because that that scene where he's having to remove his own tooth is like a is like a, a moment of truth, where you're following him along this 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 experience of of him trying to survive on the island and you still don't know for sure whether he will or not. And when he finally climbs into that cave and he's got that <laughs> ice skate pressed against his tooth with a rock at the other end and he's about to smash himself in the face with it, you wonder, is this guy going to make it? Is he is he going to survive? And then he successfully cuts this tooth out of his own face and it cuts to four years later and he's spearing fish and you think, that's a great transition. Yeah, the... the Removal of the tooth is like his decision to survive. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he has that great moment of what's technically a monologue, but it's like a dialogue in the movie where he's talking to Wilson. And he's you realize that he's Wilson is, quote unquote, confronting him for a suicide attempt. Right. And uh, when you when you cut to four years later. Right. Yeah. And he's saying that he realizes that. It wouldn't have worked, and he probably would have fallen and broken his leg, and he would have died worse, and um, and that that's what gives way to his plan to build the raft is the rope that he originally intended to use to kill himself. He was making this fine rope to hang mm-hmm. himself, and he realizes, well, why not use it to live instead of dying? 
And uh, and at this point, the relationship that he's developed with Wilson, it never occurs to most of the audience that it's strange or that he's like beginning to lose his grip on a certain amount of reality, uh, because you're just thinking, well, sure, he's started joking around, talking to the ball. He's all alone. Got to talk to somebody. So that by the time you know he's anthropomorphized the volleyball, so have we, and yep. it makes perfect sense that when w- we lose the volleyball. It's just heartbreaking. Yeah. That's really brilliant. Um, yeah. The way that Z- the Zemeckis paced that in such a way that it's so effective. And by the time we get Tom Hanks' sanity back in the real world, it doesn't seem like a stretch. Like it's that was he was the version of himself he had to be on that island to survive. And he didn't have to stay in that person forever. He was meant he was able to come back to reality, albeit changed radically he lost mm-hmm. his family he lost i mean he lost his yeah the world continued the love of his him. life yeah he d- he essentially died and then came back to life and then you know the of course castaway ends with the not so subtle metaphor of chuck standing on a literal crossroads yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah that's yeah. a bit on the nose <laughs> uh, but i i think the castaway is great for the amount of emotion that it draws out of you martian doesn't do it but Castaway, it, it forces you to follow him in the, the quiet uh, loneliness of the island. And then it finally brings in that emotion at the end. The first time you hear a score is when he's finally escaped the, the breakers. He's gotten over the swells of waves on his raft. And he's looking back at the island as it fades into the distance. And that's when you finally get that first score of emotion. And it's serious. That's yeah, like That's impactful. And then the next time you get it is when you lose Wilson. Yeah, that was that hit hard. Yeah, that's that's some, some serious emotions, Zemeckis. Even like the subtleties, like when, remember when he's uh, going to like some award thing or something, and he looks down at the shrimp and picks it up and looks at it. Right, it, it, as it, if the abundance of yeah, then his it, buffet. But it, it pulls you back in. You're like, oh man, that guy's been through so much. <laughs> Those little subtleties like hit you hard after you've been on that journey with him. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yeah, speaking of the buffet, it made me, <laughs> watching Castaway Now made me realize what Tom Hanks had to endure for the film. We talk about how crazy it was that Leonardo DiCaprio ate raw liver in The Revenant. Yeah, well, deal. Tom Hanks pulled fish out of the ocean and ate them live on screen. And then he killed a crab on a rock and then pulled it apart and started eating it live in front of the camera. He had to do a, a few crazy things like that. Yeah. Don't more puppets? Where's Tom Hanks <laughs> Oscars? <laughs> oh, right. He has some. <laughs> well deserved. <laughs> <laughs> so there were definitely some animals harmed during the f- filming of this movie. Yeah, but he ate them like in real time right then. Yeah. Call PETA. So uh, Screw PETA. <laughs> you know the... <laughs> <laughs> Screw PETA? Right. All right. All right. <laughs> this took a strange turn. <laughs> I got some thoughts about PETA. Um, the bottom line for me is this. To to wrap this thing up or to bring us to a different place, land this plane. Um, the the similarities and the parallels are so obvious that you know I doubt anyone said what why other than Abby when she said what episode are y'all doing we said Castaway versus the Martian she said why well, she hasn't she hasn't seen the Martian oh. Well, that's a good reason. She's she's on the other side of the room nodding yeah, as though she, that was a valid she saw <laughs> this She saw the trailer and said, Kristen Wiig's in that? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Which we all did. Uh, <laughs> I said that sitting in the theater. Kristen Wiig's in that? You said Kristen Wiig's? <laughs> 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 What's she doing here? 
Get out of here, Kristen. <laughs> Do something funny. Um, she didn't. The Martian's not a... There's nothing I would call a bad movie. Uh, but I think that in terms of... I would go as far as to say just general filmmaking achievement, let alone like emotional resonance um, and immersive uh, as a work of like immersion. Castaway absolutely blows the Martian out of the water. I don't. I don't really feel a ton of threat for Mark Watney. In fact, I don't know that I ever felt threatened for his life or his sanity once. I never. Yeah, I never wondered. Is he going to make it? Yeah, it was. Just well, I saw the trailer. You're watching yeah. him. <laughs> yeah, the trailer. <laughs> the trailer shows you a compact two and a half minute version of the movie. I didn't, but Hollywood rarely, if ever, makes tragedies anymore. Because people won't go see it. Because you don't feel good at the end. Oh, I don't know. Well, if there are tragedies out there, we can't name them now because it'd be a spoiler. <laughs> That's true, but like, you know, if you're going to see like a stranded movie, it's because they get rescued at the end. Well, especially if you're watching. I can name the one. I can name one that that might not be true. <laughs> Tell me after. <laughs> <I can't>. okay. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, mm, The Martian establishes itself as the type of movie tonally that you're like, he's gonna be all right. Yeah. This is so lighthearted and upbeat. Yeah. It's a comedy. <laughs> It's a comedy. Wouldn't it be great if just at the end he just <laughs> exploded? So to me, the Martians, like, it's about the transmission of information. They're like, cool, yeah, here's yeah. how he solves this problem, here's how he solves this problem, and he gets home. Yeah, and I think that the Martian communicates that in its in its pseudo-epilogue. It wasn't a part of the book, but they added it to the film where he's in the classroom and he's saying, this is what you do. You've got one problem, you solve it, and then you move on to the next one. That's what you have to do in order to survive. It's about, yeah. it's about solving Which is problems. a weird scene because he's telling this this group of cadets like when things go wrong and they will go wrong i'm like what is nasa Whoa, doing nowadays <laughs> yeah, they're just three sheets of the wind like you know what stuff's gonna blow up you just figure it out okay when, listen when you're stranded on mars and yeah. believe me you will make be no mistake <laughs> statistically <laughs> you will be stranded on mars this is yeah. your destiny uh, yeah he, he gives us the thesis of the the film at the yeah. end there to me, Castaway is a movie, I mean, that obviously I've bought it twice, so it's the kind of movie that I can kind of put in, or it's n- it's never a bad time, or I don't go out of my way to put it in often, but it hits me as entertaining and compelling every time I watch it, Yeah. Um, and I think it's a really moving, uh, powerful movie. The Martian, I thought, that was neat, and then I went home and didn't think about it anymore. <laughs> I uh, I really like The Martian. I think it's fun, and I think that's exactly what the kind of film they set out to make is a is a good times film, a feel good film, and I have fun watching it. I think Ridley Scott does so well creating these really interesting, really beautiful shots of these these alien landscapes, and even like the technology they were using, the spacesuits, the the, the aesthetics. Like interstellar spaces. <laughs> the aesthetics yeah, just of spray painted orange. <laughs> right. It was orange. They had to make it orange. They had to be on theme with the red planet. Right. I thought that the aesthetics of the Martian were really, really beautiful to look at. And I even thought that it was a fun film. The disco jokes. Uh, Matt Damon is charming. F.U. Mars. I liked it. Yeah, <laughs> it had two F, F words. words. Is what, it a PG-13? No kidding, man. What was that? How did they get away with that? Ridley Scott just called the head of the Figure NBA. that one out. <laughs> Figure that one out. How did they? But really, how did they get away with this? Science yeah. it, man. Listen, what the if science the S out of those F words? What if I told you <laughs> that Titanic has just full-on sustained boobs? 
but it's art, man. <laughs> yeah, someone's drawing no. it. James Cameron is sat James there drawing Cameron it. Threatened someone at the MPA. <laughs> oh yeah, he put on his Terminator head, <laughs> Terminator one, with his copy yeah. of the Hurt Locker. He just marched right in there. You listen to me. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, the Martian is is a fun film, and they made science really look rock and roll. There's that scene. There's that scene where it's 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 like this heavy electric guitar, and Mark Watney is walking in slow motion, and it's all about as it's all about when he's preparing to turn his own poop into fertilizer. (laughs) His own and his and his friend's poop. (laughs) It's like look how freaking bad a this guy is. He is mixing (laughs) poop with water, guys. And then they had to put in a bunch of cussing to make it edgier and cool. Because scientists are so edgy. <laughs> yeah, man. I think The Martian is a lot of fun, and I enjoy watching it. I'll probably watch it uh, more in my life. Oh, my it's gosh. Really? really? I think I'll pull it off Promise? my shelf again. You own it? N- yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Uh, I don't Cast think I'll ever see it again, and I don't care. Castaway Ooh. is darker and deeper, and I take it a lot more serious than The Martian. It's not a family, fun, good time film. It's like... It's taking you into serious human emotions that you wouldn't otherwise in- encounter. The the idea of life and death and and the the struggle to survive, uh, and just like in The Martian, how it, they end it with the essentially the thesis of the film, the theme of what they're trying to communicate. The <coughs> the, the end of um, Castaway ends with a scene with Tom Hanks in the fireside with his old friend, and he talks about how he just the reason why he kept living is because he said he had to keep breathing because tomorrow the sun will rise. You never know what the tide could bring. <laughs> Literally, it brought him a porta potty. But that's like the theme of Castaway and it it's dark and it's and it's serious. And so Castaway is definitely a better movie. But I don't know if I'll watch it as many times. I think Castaway is a film and The Martian is a movie. Oh, we're doing that. <laughs> I think there's. I think that. Yeah, I think that we should. Castaway knew a lot delineate. about the tides. You know, he was there four years. He had time to study them. Yeah, they, yeah he knew like live and die like by the. It wasn't a good time to go by out by the clock. He said. Season, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you got it. That's true. That was a good theme. He in the beginning he said we live or die by the clock. Yeah. And when he was stuck on that island, living island time, he managed a way to track the calendar with the pinhole in that cave. Yeah, that's just another powerful aspect of Castaway is that this character, Chuck, who's in in the small first act, we understand that he's obsessed with the keeping of time and then those things are completely ripped from him and he has Mm -hmm. no control over it. They become meaningless. What happens when a man who lives and dies by the clock has no use for the clock? anymore for years and years of his life bum 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 you want to see castaway right now don't you me i'm hyping it up i've (laughs) seen it i know but right now you're like man put this thing i actually (laughs) was just thinking i was like man it's not that late maybe we could watch castaway together you got it on blu-ray i'd watch it right now two and a half hours couldn't give a rip about the martian right now you know during castaway i remember being confused thinking so this guy's out on a raft he's trying to escape the island and he's befriended a whale (laughs) what's the deal with that (laughs) When oh. when Wilson falls off and is adrift, a whale wakes him up. And then when that that uh, cargo ship is is cruising by, and the whale wakes him up again. What's the deal? Is with it that? the same whale? Well, I, two different <laughs> whales. You're saying there are two different whales at play now. You're Man. saying there's two whales in that ocean. 
They're, you, co- they're you kidding could, me. What if they're I told kidding. you there could be as many as hundreds of whales? That's ridiculous. <laughs> Come on, what man. What is the deal? Thousands of this whales. This is guardian whale. Man. Why did, yeah. why did Zemeckis say... Guardian whale. <laughs> why, did Zemeckis, why did Zemeckis say, this guy needs a guardian whale now? I like it. To wake him up. That whale was actually Tom Hanks mo-capping himself as a whale. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to You Hate Movies. Be sure to accommodate our several requests for comments by visiting youhatemovies.com and order one of our last remaining t-shirts while you're at it. You may need it to survive an island and or Mars. Thanks for listening to You Hate Movies. Be sure to accommodate our... I didn't even... <laughs> Thanks for listening to You Hate Movies. Be sure to accommodate our several requests by... Welcome to You Hate Movies, the podcast in which casual film goers. <laughs> Welcome to You Hate Movies, the podcast in which casual moviegoers, film lovers, and cinephiles argue about movies. Two dudes marooned on a total. Al- <laughs> Welcome to You Hate Movies, the podcast in which Phil. <laughs> Matt Bruce messed me up. <laughs> Welcome to You Hate Movies, the podcast in which casual moviegoers, film lovers, and cinephiles argue about movies. Two dudes are marooned in total isolation, struggling to survive, and find their way home. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to You Hate Movies, the podcast in which casual film moviegoers... (laughs) Stop. All right, I got it, I got it.